Today's podcast is brought to you by Faith in Terim, Burak Diamond, and Dominic Toretto. Merhaba, and welcome to the Lion's Den, a Galatasaray podcast. I'm your host, Samet, and today we'll be speaking about several main points. I think we'll start off with Fatih Terim leaving Galatasaray, and then we'll move on discussing a new chapter with Dominic Toretto. And afterwards, obviously, um, we had a game today, and we'll be discussing together with my friends here uh, the game against Hatay Spor. Additionally, we might bring up a few topics or transfer new rumors, but probably that'll be it. So as you've guessed, I won't be alone today. I have my lovely internet buddies from all around the world. So I think, uh, yeah, you can feel free to introduce yourself. Maybe we'll start off with John. Yeah, how's it going, everyone? My name is John from Toronto, Canada. Um, 26 years old. Uh, started supporting the club pretty much. It's been pretty much my entire life. Mostly, st- I, I actually come from a full uh, family of uh, Fenerbahce supporters. So um, I started supporting the club mostly because of my grandmother. She's she supports uh, Galatasaray, and she used to bring me back. Um, uh, jerseys each year. I'm, I'm actually from um, northern Cyprus, so she used to bring back whatever the latest kit was from Cyprus, and I got kind of introduced that way. Um, and I just sort of, I don't know, it just sort of stuck with me, despite my family trying to push <laughs> Fenerbahce and that whole thing on me. I just sort of was able to resist, and I just kind of stuck with it. And here I am on a Galatasaray podcast now, so. Nice. I, I didn't know that about you, John, actually. Yeah. yeah. Good thing you kept your standards high. That's yeah. All <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your brainwashing didn't work on me. Yes, <laughs> solid. I guess that's you speaking. So maybe you could introduce yourself as well. Yes. So uh, I'm Sali. I'm 24. Uh, I'm from, well, since we include cities now, uh, Tilburg, the Netherlands. And for me, I mean... Um, Sporting Glass, I started, you could say, from birth. It's not something that I necessarily chose because my dad is also a Glass supporter. Um, however, I would say that following it closely was more around the 11, uh, 2011-12 season. Actually, this season, I believe we won as well with Fatih Terim when he came back. Um, and yeah, ever since, been following it and... Enjoying the uh, many championships we've won, so yeah, that's that's my story. It's not it's not as deep as John's, but you know, that's just my side. Yeah. I would say maybe uh, we can then move on uh, across the world. Australia, can you hear us? Uh, I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> my name is Masaj. I'm 22 years old. Um, I'm from Melbourne, Australia, as Samatab mentioned. Pretty much the same as Salia. I was kind of. I didn't really have a choice when it came to uh, being a Gals Today supporter. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. So pretty much my father went to Gals Today Listese, actually, in the early 80s. Inside so that's connection. where it all started. Inside connections. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't really have any involvement anymore. Um, but he went to Lisa in the 80s. And I think I'd say my big initiation into being a Gals Today supporter was about eight or nine years old. And he actually gave me a tour of the school and explained all his stories. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it was pretty fun. And being a kid, like, seeing the school, and that school seemed massive when I was, when I was a kid. And all the stories, because it's a boarding school as well. 
and that was that was my initiation, and here I am now. Nice. Then we can uh, save the best for last. Our mafia, Ebra, Emre. Hey, you guys, don't. Uh, my name is Emre. I'm Ultimate from Brooklyn, New York. Cancelled. Coming in like that. <laughs> oh, am I now? Sheesh, no. I didn't know. Ah, go ahead. Yeah, so my name is Emre. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, kind of like the others. You know, I was born into golf today, mainly through my mom's side. Uh, we've been watching games together ever since, you know, I was a little kid. And uh, I think it's really like, like watching Haji is what really bonded me to the club. And from there, you know, I was always with this club. Good times, bad times. That's really all it is. Yeah. I think there's there's probably a lot of people that watched like that team and that era, I guess, with mm-hmm. Haji and the other players, and they just they were hooked from there. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a lot of the the fans our age that's that's how it started watching those players because th- that was just that was something else that was incredible those times. It was. It really was. Yeah, it's actually you guys. You guys are lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was about to say. <laughs> You guys haven't written much those of days, that. really. Yeah, it was like, what, uh, three, four? So wouldn't remember much. Yeah, we were kids, man. I still got the old tapes, but it's not the same as seeing it alive, I guess. Yeah. Don't worry. The best is yet to come. Don't worry. Exactly. Champion League lad, big name is it. Yeah, so Mozart, don't call me Abby, please. It just makes me feel old. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I won't do that. Anyway. Okay, Abby. I, th- I think we can start off with... The first topic, I mean, at the moment, let's not focus on the game we had today. Um, we'll get to talk about that later on. Um, but firstly, like a lot happened over the past few weeks. Imperatore and uh, Gala have, well, initially it was allegedly mutually agreed to part ways. But uh, after a few tweets and interviews and rumors, we saw actually on a tweet from Terim that it was, uh, uh, yeah, one sided. So. I think in general, what's your opinion on the things that's been happening? Uh, Terim leaving Gala and all that stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe John, you can start off and then kick the ball. For sure. So I think, first of all, with Fatih Terim, I think, you know, we're talking about a, a coach that has lifted in total more than, I think, 20 trophies with the club, which is, that's... That's incredible. You you won't find many coaches in in very many clubs that was able to do that, right? Um, so just just looking at that before we even dive into you know him leaving the club and and uh, his performance uh, recently, you have to take that into consideration. Like we're talking about a legend here, right? And you have to ask yourself if we're ever gonna have another coach that can lead our club to that kind of success because that's that's incredible, right? Obviously, you know, as everyone knows by now, the last his last run with the club has been frustrating, I guess you can say. Um, left us in 12th place. I believe we had 27 points from about 20 games, right? So obviously not uh, what we expected this year. Um, <clears throat> I think that this run that he had... Um, you know, we we couldn't we managed to not score very many goals, which I think was a big problem and a big reason why ultimately he ended up uh, leaving this term and and mid season, right? Um, I think that we, we, we were XG king, right? Expected goal. 
I mean, you know, you know, I, I always say that the difficult part of football is is building and getting yourself into a, into a position to score, right? I always think that the easy part should be putting the ball in the net. If you've, if you've built up from your own half, you've got into the, uh, the opponent's box or a threatening area, the easy part should be finishing, in my opinion at least, right? And we managed to do that. That wasn't the problem. We were doing the hard part, but, you know, we, we couldn't manage to score. And I think if we were able to score a few more goals, I think he would have survived at least until the end of the season. And, you know, like you look at uh, our previous results, right? Like if you look at the cup match against Denizli, like we scored three goals, probably could have scored 10, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we had like sure. 28 shots or something. Something yeah. crazy that was, like that. that. That one felt like a FIFA game for sure, just when nothing yeah. just goes your way. Exactly. But I just want to say something sorry i'm just going to cut you off very quickly you did mention that you think fights 10 would stand um, until the end of the season i actually completely disagree in the sense that i think he might have left himself um because when you look at our upcoming games we have well we're going to have hatai sport this week we have kasim pasha next week and then Sarabzon sport the week after that we weren't going to win any of those we're not going to win any of those and then uh like yeah, with Fats Ten, we weren't going to win any of those. Like you were saying, we were getting to the positions, but we weren't scoring. That wasn't going to change. Um, and I feel like um, Elmas knew this that it was all going to, uh, well, it was going all going to fall apart, and Fats Ten might have resigned because let's 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 be real, he's not exactly young either. So let's, let's just put this scenario. Mas, I the, think what would yeah. be smart is that Elmas just said, you know what? I'm going to just let this go. He's Terim's going to lose. Kasim Pasha, Trabzon coming up, Alanya afterwards. And and then he'll uh, go away by himself. I think that was the mistake Burak uh, Elmas did by pushing it. I don't exactly disagree with you on that. Um, but I don't exactly agree either. Look... I feel like 100% Fight Stadium was going to eventually leave because it wasn't going to get any better because it's been how many seasons now we're playing very average football and not football that's um, up to spec with Garcia. So Elmas knew this and I think he was, um, well, well, look, I just want to say this first. A lot of, uh, well, Tidimjus, quote unquote, are getting mad at Elmas for going behind Fight Stadium's back, right? That's that's the biggest um, yeah. uh, thing going on right now. It's the way and, we parted. And, yeah, it's exactly. just saying, oh, the way we parted, um, which oh, they're not exactly wrong. They're not exactly wrong. But like, what, what else should he have done? Just say if I just had him left, no plan B. He hasn't spoken to anyone. Just say a scenario like that. We would have been, would have been gone. Would have been in relegation zone at that point. Like I think I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong. But what, should we have waited like Fnet until last second and then wait for a manager for, how many weeks did they wait for Lou for? Like it was a couple of weeks at least. Quite a bunch, yeah. And yeah, when we found yeah. uh, Torrent, they basically went like, oh, exactly. shit. They found a coach. We need <laughs> someone now, and then they signed. Well, it's Matt well, Exactly. So. <laughs> if I can butt in there, um, yeah. See, the thing with Fatih Tatum is, you know, he's a very stubborn person. His personality permits that, right? He wouldn't have left himself. Like eventually, Burak Elmas were, was going to have to take him out. He he needed to do that in the right time, though. I feel like bringing in a manager in this kind of climate 
is just going to be bad for the manager that comes to take his place because we've done this plenty of times before. We've done this with Recaring, with Hamza. We've done it multiple times, and we've seen that the replacements, they, you, can't, you don't have enough time to implement your ideology and play good football at the same time. It's hard Ricky. to see that happen. Well, in general, boys, like, do we think Terim leaving at this moment was a good thing? And Torrent came, obviously. How long would you give him until you say, okay, that's enough? Well, with me personally, I would always like to give a coach at least a year before I'd like to really, you know, comment on his performance. Because six months is usually not enough time in most cases, especially in the Turkish league. Yeah, I think especially for a coach that, you know, what we expect is probably going to implement a lot of changes in terms of, of um, our play style. That's really difficult to come in mid-season, six months, and, and turn it around to, to such an extent where, you know, the team is playing totally different. Like, you know, maybe that's possible, but I, I agree. I think I'd like to see at, at minimum a year of working with the team, right? I think that would, that that's a good starting point. And you know, like, like, like Emre just mentioned as well, it's like in Turkey, it's, you know, it's, it's always expected that you're going to have an immediate impact and immediate results are necessary. Right. And I think that's a huge problem and that's a big downfall. Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he works six months and does poorly and gets sacked. Right. And looking back, maybe if we will say to ourselves, if he was given another six months, or another nine months or whatever it is, it could have been a different story. Right. And I think that's, that's a very difficult part about Turkey. You know, you have to, you have to have that, um, you have to have that leadership, I guess, uh, aspect in your personality, right? Otherwise you can get eaten up really quick. This is why a lot of people weren't, sorry to cut you off there, but this is why a lot of people weren't really against the sacking of Fatih Tim. It's the timing that's I think is the issue with a lot of people and how it's done as well. Like personally, for yeah, me, that too. For exactly. me, I would have loved to see Terim throughout the end of the season to finish off his European uh, run, and then the decision would have come. I mean, what would be good is having. Uh, I I think Burak Elma said uh, we're gonna get Tor- Torrent as uh, assistant manager, and then. Probably his idea was to move him gradually in that position of being the head coach. Obviously, Terim didn't allow that, hence the situation we are in. But I would have loved to see Terim stay until the end of the season, and I think that would be the best, uh, in my opinion. Saleh, what do you think about Terim leaving? Would would you think uh, it would be better if he stayed? Yeah, for me, um, I'm a bit on the fence as well. I agree with both sides, so to say. On one hand, letting him, letting Tim complete his uh, European run would have probably been better because, I mean, Good in next, the end, that Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Actually, we also have that going on. I, I bet they'll cut Tim off. Probably. I don't know. They did it with uh, uh, Pochettino as well for Tottenham. Um, anyway, I would have. I would have let him continue it as, I mean, yes, our league uh, performance has been, well, atrocious to say the least. In Europe, we did pretty well. And if there's one man to carry us through the European campaign, 
it probably is Terim. I mean, in the end, we did finish uh, first in the group. Uh, we did well against well oppositions uh, opposition which is which are clearly better than us. Um, so that's what I would have done. On the uh, other hand, I'm not like completely against the fact that he's sacked um, because change was needed. We've been going downhill pretty much. And yes, Terium was banned for uh, how many games was it again? Eight, I believe. Even when he came back, um, while well, we still lost to indeed Denizli and uh, uh, Gideon Spor, which was the final, well, straw. So. Yeah, but I think how we, how it's, we went. It's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult uh, topic just in general. Um, yeah. So that's my take on it. I I think as well. Um, if if we do when we resume our our Europa League campaign, if you know if if things don't go well, I think that there will definitely be some backlash from the fans, like at least the the fans that wanted Fatih Terim to stay, right? Um, because then it just turns into a, a game of the fans saying, well, you know, if we had Fatih Terim, maybe we could have done better and this and that. So that's another point I, you know, I can put towards me wanting uh, for the club to wait until after the season to sack him. I, I would have liked to see what happened with the rest of our European campaign. But again, you know, the league was, we, we were sinking there. So, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't mind the, the change, right? If, even though it did come mid-season, I, I I do I do agree with that. I am fine with that. So it's just it would have been interesting to see what happened in that European campaign, especially because this is the first one in so long where we're actually doing something right. Things are going yeah, exactly. r- r- really well. I don't think anyone imagined us to go three wins, three draws, zero losses, twelve points to win the group. That's I mean, in recent history, that's unheard of for us, right? Especially with the quality of teams that were in our group. So. You know, he he led us through the group. We won the group. That's amazing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Dominic Torrent can can do the rest for us. So <laughs> and to we'll add see. to that, he did it with a very young squad, not you know with True. a bunch of overpaid superstars. True. Talking about Arda and Babel, or <clears throat> yes, exactly. <laughs> Please don't remind me. Uh, um, <laughs> to to add to that though, uh, now that I think of it. One problem I do see again with the second of midseason is okay, the new coach comes in, he probably has different ideas, tactics, whatever. He'll probably want players, but as far as I know, we don't really have unlimited funds. So who are we gonna exactly bring in or sell in that case? And well, we do have two, I would say, good players that we could sell, like Kerem and Marcao, but again, selling them midseason would be, in my opinion, the wrong move. Yeah, so, and, exactly. And and exactly. also to add to that as well, a risk with that is you know um if if dominic torrent says that he wants certain players that he thinks will fit his play style and we go out and buy these players and he ends up leaving in six months you know where does that leave these players that we've purchased right if we if we bring in another coach now then these players don't fit his his play style or his system or whatever it is then you know that's that's that could be wasteful as well right so it's it's tricky we're in a difficult uh, time now it's a, it's a bit it's a bit of a tricky scenario so hopefully we play our cards right and and uh, it'll go well for us right but definitely tricky on top yes of, and and oh yeah you go uh, for summit yeah on top of all that i wanted to note as well like it's not just Terim leaving he also took with him a lot of the board a lot of mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. figures within the club i mean uh, Matt, our translator, mm-hmm. uh, who had so many good connections and 
personal relationships with the players also left. So I don't know if there will be a lot of positive vibes. Obviously, torrent coming in, things will change. Players will have a bit of fire under their ass uh, to perform, obviously. But uh, yeah, a lot of people that worked hard uh, have also left. I guess they'll still be in the background, but still. I think we kind of knew that though, right? Like, uh, far too much had his boys. And when he left, we knew that a lot of people were going to leave. I guess, I guess it had to happen eventually, right? Because Fatih Tedim wasn't going to stay with us forever. And as a result of that, um, his boys weren't going to stay with us forever. But it is pretty sad to see Matt Chetting go, to be honest. I was pretty sad at that. Yeah, Even though he was just the translator. I think he was, he was a really good translator. Yeah, I'm the saddest about He's, that. And most yeah. happy about Seltrup, Airpot, Boy, and uh, Nathan yeah. Tilly. Yeah. Yeah. Ponytail. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, I don't <laughs> mind that, man. <laughs> I mean, look, he wasn't the greatest assistant coach, but come on, he's he's an important figure for us, you know. And the fact that the club didn't say anything when he left is kind of, you know, unsettling to me personally. Um, I I heard some rumors that um when he left, it was on really bad terms, not just with the club, but um couldn't really do his job as an assistant manager, right? Apparently, according to some reports, he was really I upset don't doubt about that. that. Yeah, apparently, like, he was really upset the fact that he just couldn't be an assistant manager properly. Well, maybe... He's saying it in terms... I'm sorry, someone just wanted to reply. Yeah, reply. He, he, couldn't be, he couldn't be an assistant manager because of Tedim or of other people in the club? I, I guess that's just um, open for discussion, really. There isn't anything specific, but from some, from, from some decent sources, I have seen that. Mm. But it could be because of Tedim, most likely. Is because of Tedim. I don't want to point fingers, but who else isn't going, is it going to be? That's true. I mean, he isn't because, his first assistant either, right? Yeah, um, we had Riera last season, I think. Yeah, last season, and he didn't come back. I think that's the biggest for mystery season. for me. Like, why did Riera, uh, Riera leave? I still don't get it. I've is heard it a mystery? Rumors. Well, I, I've heard rumors yeah, he no. didn't want to be an assistant manager yeah. and coach a team himself, but that's all I know. I'm yeah. surprised none of the Turkish media has picked up yeah but i don't know i don't know it's 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 really is a mystery like you said but well, what are you gonna do it's yeah. what are you gonna do i'm gonna move on to uh well we, we discussed a bit of the general events obviously we can keep on going for ages about this but moving into a new era so new topic about dominic Tourette. so you no know, dominic torrent font in full this is his name. I'll ask you guys what you think about him, what he'll do in the future. But before that, I'll give some general statistics and introduction uh, that I checked on. So apparently he's 59 years old, will become 60 this summer. He played professionally as a midfielder in the 80s for several <laughs> Spanish clubs, apparently, for 10 years. So he's a, he's a Celtic of the 80s, basically. But uh, not on a high level, though, very low. And his coaching career actually started in the 90s when I was born. Uh, sixth division, Spanish league. And then moved to the third. And then moved to, like, managing Girona, who we uh, all know. In Spanish league. In the second division. Uh, it was around 2005, 2007. And in 2007 is, yeah, basically his value becomes more apparent, right? So he starts working with Pep staff throughout Barcelona, Bayern, and Man City. And uh, and then 2018, via the Manchester City uh, 
connections, uh, he went to New York City as a head coach. He came in middle of the season, finished third, and Atalanta won in the playoffs. Apparently in uh, the US, they have playoff systems like we had once in the Turkish League as well. And uh, from what I have... One season. Uh, yeah. From what I have checked, uh, he didn't handle interviews very well there. And I, I think he even said the fuck word as well, uh, live on TV against the reporters. Wow. Like, uh, that, that alone <laughs> oh, wow. shows... Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what he'll do in Turkey. We will see. And then... Uh, you should have a good time in Turkey then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, we all remember... Uh, was it Tudor? Damn. <laughs> that was already insane. <laughs> oh, no. So after a half a season uh, at New York City, uh, he did a full season in uh, 2018-19, and he actually became first, right? But then again, they have the playoff playoffs. So in the playoffs, they lost against Toronto. I don't know if you know that, John. I do. I do know that. Yeah. And um, and that was his uh, end in the U.S. And then he moved on to uh, Flamengo, and uh, he came in right after. Jorge Jesus won all the cups with Flamengo, and uh, all all we can see is he had a very bad spell at Flamengo, like today, uh, taking four or five zero losses even. And uh, last statistics I wanted to give away: so one and a half years ago he was at Flamengo, and the last twenty games he had with Flamengo, ten of them was a win, five draw, and five losses. So that's in general. So. Knowing this a bit, having researched this, um, what do you think, Torrent? Like, how long do you give him, first of all, for uh, Gala? And do you see him becoming successful or not? Uh, Emre well, or Salih, go ahead. <laughs> I took, a, I yeah, took no, a Emre's spot, unfortunately. Um, what I would say is, uh, I think as discussed before, I would give him like at least a year um, to see what he's trying to build and see if there's indeed improvement or not. I wouldn't say like six months is yeah, definitely not enough to change uh, too much around in my opinion. Um, what I think of Torrent, I mean, very interesting choice as he's been uh, Pep's assistant for indeed 500 plus games. So while working on the Pep does probably mean you need, you, you know something about football. Uh, but then again, he's been assistant for most of the time. He only he's only managed like eighty plus games or something. And to me, I do wonder that if you're for that long under, for example, uh, a Pep, wouldn't you have left the club earlier to start for your own? Isn't that like a dream? I would say, if you're an assistant manager uh, that you want to manage at some point. So um, I'm a bit uh, just just doubtful i guess uh right now i can't lie that i'm excited of course since we have a new coach since uh well 2017 the end of 2017 when term came but yeah uh if, if there's something i could advise him on <laughs> to improve our team on is to be better at defending counterattacks and finish our scoring chances as uh john said previously as well actually i think everyone probably agrees on that right yeah yeah 100 percent um, I just want to add to something you said about him being uh, Pep's um, assistant manager. Okay, so from what I understand from my research, um, they've been together since Pep was at Barcelona B, I want to say. Um, and then he was he was an analyst, pretty much. 
He was just analyzing and giving reports to Pep. After when he went to when sorry when Pep went to Bayern, he became I think he officially became an assistant manager there. So the assistant manager started when Pep was at Bayern, and then he was a what do you call it a set piece specialist kind of. He was a set piece coach, and we all know how Bayern's set pieces were under Gardner. They were amazing. They were amazing. But so we can say that his assistant manager career started when Pep was at uh, Bayern and before that he was pretty much just an analyst I didn't know that Me yeah either. yeah. I mean yeah what, what else can you say about Torrent I mean um, all, all I hope basically is for him uh, to indeed well do well I mean I hope that of everyone of course but since he's also not Turkish in this case I hope he's also able to handle um the media as it'll probably be pretty you know um i would say toxic yeah exactly always a challenge yeah that's where i um me personally i like torrent i like his tenure under pep because like you guys said he's you can't really be his right hand man if you're not useful to him right um but that doesn't really mean you're going to be able to coach in turkey not necessarily saying he can't coach but in turkey it's a, a different scenario right most coaches that come here, they have to deal with more than just the football. That's the problem. You have to deal with the shady refereeing, the media, and players in general. Turkish players aren't the same, and you need to be able to deal with the foreign limit. So I'm interested to see how we can cope with all these issues at hand and at the same time making us play better. Yeah, For me, he has, For sure. a, he has a one and a half year. Like in six months, at the end of the, the six months, I'll say, okay, I like him or not. Let's give him another year and see how it goes. Uh, but if he still isn't showing anything after one and a half year, I think, uh, well, we recycle, rinse and repeat, and uh, ask Fatih to get him back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, don't. Oh, no. uh, as far as I know, his contract is for one and a half years, right? It's until. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. the end of yeah. 20. How much did he get? Yeah, okay. um, and his whole I think it was one and a half million. Yeah. Is a ha- yep, one and a half million euros. But but that's his whole staff, right? That was not just that's him. It, yeah. Including him yeah, and his seven. staff, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that's so much cheaper good. than Tatum, right? So that's pretty good. 100%. I, I think one I think one thing as well um you know he he's been he he's been with our club for just a few days now, right? And so I, I don't want to, I, I don't know so much about him, right? But just looking at how he seems, like not looking at his playing style or anything yet, but just how he seems as a coach and as a person, I think it's interesting that, to me at least, he looks almost opposite from Fatih Tedim, right? Like you have Fatih Tedim who's, he's never been really known as being a tactician or the best tactically, but he has a head coach presence, right? He's a master in motivation and inspiring players, right? A very good man manager indeed. For sure. And he has that uh, that boss aura around him everywhere he goes, whether it's on the sidelines, press conferences, wherever he is, you can tell Fatih Tedim is the boss, Right. And then you have someone in Dominic Torrent who looks and seems a little different. He's a bit more quiet, but exactly. He's a bit more <laughs> quiet. He has that, um, what we assume that uh, tactical, um, 
I guess, mindset, right? As as opposed to Fatih Terim. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if you can have one or the other. I think, in, in my opinion, I think you need to have both, right? So maybe Dominic Torrent will be amazing tactically and we'll see changes tactically and the way uh, our team plays, maybe that will improve. But maybe he'll struggle in the jungle that's Turkey, right? And the pressures that come with that. Right. Um so it's going to be an interesting thing to see. And I don't know. We don't know if Dominic Torn is a good head coach. We don't know. You know, like like uh, we mentioned before, he had the decent run with New York City, went to Brazil, didn't have the best time in Brazil, right? So we're going to see, does he have the leadership? Does he have that coach present? Does he have the ability to motivate our players? I, I have no idea, right? So it's going to be interesting to see for sure. I guess May, I, may the- I throw in a question, mm-hmm. Dan? For sure. So for you guys, what what do you think of, um, I think it was one of his first quotes, right, saying that after analyzing the team, he said, well, this, this team doesn't know any tactics, like zero. What do you yeah, think of that? Yeah, it's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. How true is that, though? That it's it's that? 100% true. It's yeah. 100% true. Um, it's it's from, well, I think Kadir said it on Ajahn Spindukis' Besh, so... It's a pre- it's pretty pretty much the best source. So pretty much what he said was he said physically the, the team is fine. So in fitness the team is fine, but he said tac- tactically they are very behind. There's a lot of things that the team is missing, or they just straight out don't know, which is very worrying. But like like John said, it's it's not surprising because from the way we were playing, like we're in the final third and we just we just can't pass. We're just making so many blunders as a team collectively as well. It's not like, like for example, we know we know Thailand and Badkan always make the blunders in passing offensively. We know that. But with Fats Tenem, I feel like everyone was doing that and we're playing so narrow. Yeah, Thailand, yeah. So now, Badkan, not so much. But yeah, Thailand is making a lot of blunders. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Badkan does quite a few as well and flies under the radar. But Thailand, yeah. Yeah, like, like you said, Thailand's definitely much more. It's more obvious because he's at a critical position, right? So. Exactly, exactly, exactly right. I think, um, I think as well, um, what we can expect in terms of Dominic Torrent's style and what he will try to improve on. I think that, like, I think it's, um, I don't want to say obvious, but I think that everyone will sort of assume that we will have this sort of uh, possession-based game, which 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 might be true, but I think more so than that, what he'll try to do is I think he'll try to improve us in terms of our positional play. And what I mean specifically by that is, you know, improving the way that we put the ball and and ourselves in areas where we have numerical superiority, right? So people always say Pep Guardiola, he ha- he's the master of of uh, possession style football and this and that. But in order to achieve that, you, you need to have numerical superiority on the field, right? And as of right now, in my, in my opinion, we don't have that. I don't think that we split the field into different areas where we have, where we're playing in 3v2s, 4v2s, 2v1s, right? That's how you keep possession. Our team doesn't really do that right now at all. So I, I hope to see some improvement there. And as well, um, you can improve defensively that way as well, right? Like if you have numerical superiority on the field in certain areas, if you're in a, a corner or a side of the pitch where it's a 4v2 and you, and you lose the ball, you're, you have better odds of winning the ball back if you, if you're, if you have um, an overload of players there, right? Yeah, so I, I, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the improvement in that regard. And I think that will help us 
um, not only keep possession, but be able to get into the opponent's half, set up there, keep the ball there, and ultimately score more goals, right? So I would like to see that. I expect him to sort of try to implement that. But again, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Time will tell. But do you see, do you think we have the players to achieve that at the moment? I don't that's, think so. Yeah, that's a, I, I don't know. Right. That's a tough one. I think we're you, missing a few pieces. If you look at Guardiola and what he's done at Man City, how much did he have to spend to actually put his philosophy forward? A lot of money. Expensive so philosophy. it's going by, it's an expensive, exactly. <laughs> and we're not really made of money. We we just paid our players after two and a half months of them not being paid. So it's kind of worrying where our financials are at. See, that's one of my main concerns about Torrent. Is he going to be able to put forward his tactics with players he's not really capable of doing it with, you know? Yeah, I think that's a genuine concern for sure. Yeah. I was watching an interview um, of Torrance, I think it's from a while ago when he was in New York, but they, the first thing they asked him, they're like, is it important to adapt your tactics to the team or buy players that um, fit your tactics? And the first thing he said mm. was, you need, to, you need to fit your tactics to the team. You need, to, um, you need to try not to think about buying players as soon as you get to the team. You want to try to work with what you've got. And then if you have a bit of dead weight, if you need a few players, then you can start looking. But that's, I guess that's a bit promising that he, he doesn't want to straight yeah, out buy a, That's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of dead weight on our team, though. That's a, a big issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do, definitely. So, you say dead weight. So, what would you say our dead weight, uh, dead weight mainly is? Like, um, I mean, I for one would say the number six position. We indeed have Thailand, Berkan. Um, well, I touch, which I don't even want to start about. And Yes. Asun Kao, which we've well only seen well, one I game in that him horrible Kai City game. Dead weight. Like players we don't really utilize well. Like I'm exactly. sure Thailand can be utilized in other positions. Bro, well. when Riera like, was at Gala, Thailand was doing massive. He was doing very was, well. Was. Well, you mentioned Riera. He's also someone we repositioned as a player when he was with us. Yeah, exactly. Left back. Exactly. Needed well. So we need we need someone that can actually take what we have and make something out of it. That's what we need. Because I don't know how much we can be, you know, buying players or we're just going to be lone Sarai again. So, And it's, it's not like we're horrible either. Like we, have a, we, we do have solid players. I think that there's just um, some gaps, I guess, you know, that we either need to improve players in those positions or if we can't, then maybe we, we do need to bring players in. But I don't think it's too much of a, tall order like we, we do have good players in the team i think that there's just a few spots that need uh some tightening yeah no First. yeah i would I, I would agree with that personally i mean if you look at last season and this season uh last season we ended finished second and if you look at the play uh, plays that we've replaced on those few positions i wouldn't necessarily say we had like well like any downgrades to be honest i mean we got rid of um on the left, while well, we still mainly used Babel pretty much last season, well, I'm glad I don't have to see him anymore. Um, <laughs> on the left, it was Sarachi, uh, pretty good, but you know, getting injured quite often. So, um, not not that I'm super happy with Patrick van Aanholt, but at least he's consistent know, he as injured. Yeah, he's consistent, you know. Um, yeah. I, I just personally, I just wouldn't say that our team has necessarily 
become worse due to transfer, but yeah, we still need to improve. Uh, just the question is, will be where and how? Time will and tell. Indeed. Yeah, time will tell. Uh, last season was mainly we can't create chances. This season is more like we can't finish them. So I guess we're going the right direction, but yeah, still not enough. Our yeah. team isn't bad. It didn't regress, but it did get a lot younger. So yeah, part of the reasoning way why we might not be able to finish does the, could that have stemmed from them being inexperienced? Like Mohammed came from the Egyptian league to our league. It's a big step forward, you know? So it I is. think it is a big step forward. And we need someone that could actually help him progress. Because if you look back, Fatih Tanim hasn't really been known to be playing with, you know, inexperienced young players. He's always gotten people who were fresh and like close to their prime to come and play for him so i think that's one of the things that's really hurt him as well but well, times have changed and fight need, changed. needs to need had needed to change because let's yeah. face it we're not going to be able to keep up with the with the way the modern football is going we don't have that kind of money he's gone now so we need it and we have yeah. dominic yeah Laurent. okay testing <laughs> we can have close to pep guardiola uh, time will time will tell, but he might also be basically, you know, when you're at school and you're in a project team and you have one guy doing everything and uh, another guy that just sits there and uh, gets the straight A's next to you because he's in your project team. <laughs> Who knows? He might turn out like that as well. We don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss about Dominic Torrent. Uh, um, all all I can say is, since he's a foreigner. Uh, I hope he doesn't turn out to be like Prandelli or something. You know, I do. I do honestly mm -hmm. hope he is um, quality and will at least this season bring us just closer to the like the top four spots. So to say, that's all I can hope right now. Like yeah. the championship is gone anyway. Uh, just yeah, focus on Europe, I guess, and try to get just just try to do good. You know, I'm not expecting much more. I think uh, I'm just the only thing that I, I ask is that he's given the time because if he's not given the time, we won't know if he's if he's cut out for it or if he's not good enough. Right. Yeah. Um, if he's given the time and it doesn't work out, then at least we can say he wasn't the right choice for us. And we know for certain. Right. But it would be typical, you know. I guess Turkish league Galatasaray fashion for him to leave after six months and for us to half of the fan base to say, no, he showed us already. He's not a good fit. And the other half to be saying he didn't get enough time and this and that. So I, I hope he's given the time and we can see if he's, if he's for us or if he's not for us. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, luckily for us. Um, I mean, I say luckily, we don't know with Elmas obviously, but so far I would have, I would, I would say that we've given like, about about a year, right? To other coaches as well, like Tudor had about a year, I think, as well. Dikarin had about a year. Um, Dennis was pretty short uh, for a short stint with us, obviously. But uh, Mancini had like a year as well. So yeah, I hope they stick to that at least, and indeed just give a year. Um, six months would indeed be too short, in my opinion, as well. I, what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Oh. I just wanted to say, I wanted to touch on what John said, you know, typical Turkish fashion, switching coaches every six months. See, that's what I want to avoid because we don't really have the luxury of finding a new coach, paying that coach every six months. Because we see where that got Fenerbahce in the last, what, seven years? They've been doing that and that exclusively. 
Whereas they kind of have the money and the sponsorships to back that up. We do not have that. And I really hope he's the one to help us, you know, change this mindset and take us to the right direction. We need the fans on our side as well. I mean, we, the fans need to be yeah. patient. And, and that's the biggest problem in Turkey. Is, I mean, we are present on Twitter and Instagram. And, and you can hear what the fans want most of the time. And and it's usually reactionary, and that's the problem. We have to be patient. This is go. This goes back to how you said it. Like this is why we feel like Burak Elmas made the wrong decision. You know, to sack. Not that sacking Terim was the wrong decision, but the way he did it and the timing. Because now you essentially have two split sides to the equation. One side that wants you know chaos, chaos, and one side that actually wants something better for Galatasaray. And, uh, yeah, Terim lovers, Terim haters, time will just tell, and we just have to support our team and, and see how it goes. And uh, exactly with, right. yeah, with that said, um, yeah, not very excited today, unfortunately. Uh, we all know how the Galatasaray Hatay sport game today uh, went. We lost 4 2. We uh, played with Ismail Jipe in the goal. Um, Arnold on the left, Markau, Alpaslan as the centre-back duo. We got Bowie on the right. And then in the midfield, we got Thailand Berkan in front of them. Chikuldao, Keram on the left, Emre Kulunc on the right, and Halil up front. So, in general, how did you think the game today went? Uh, I mean, we can discuss also in links that we already have discussed about Terim and Torrent. Uh, but yeah, let's start off with uh, starting XY. Do you agree with uh, this XY? Um, just just be- before answering, I do have to say that uh, indeed the defeat did hurt you a lot. You can hear it in the way you uh, named our lineup. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like Bowie, Alpaslan, Markau, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just, some, just some pre-game info, I guess. So, um, well, obviously Jagne, Muslera and Kanaslan are injured. Uh, Nelson was suspended, and Faguli and uh, Mosafa are at AFCON as of now. Um, Luindama, Arda, and Babel were not in our camp, uh, brought along. Uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that, that we uh, did not include those guys. Um, well, I feel yeah. like at least you and Luindama should have been invited because we saw what happened with Alpas, and he was very close to getting a red card. And I don't think yeah. today yeah. was his best game either. So I agree with Arda and Baba. I don't think they're fit for this team, but at least Lee and Dama, you have options. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do we have another um, center back on the bench? I don't actually even remember. Let me see quickly. No, actually, yeah, we had no other center back on the bench as well. So yeah, that's that was an point. interesting choice. Maybe that would have been a good uh, idea to include Lee and Dama then, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some I know rumors he's going been, around uh, that he might be transferred there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He injured two of our own players. You know, I kind of see why he might have not been brought along. But then again, you never know. You yeah. mean the rumor of Luindama going to Antwerp? Yes. Yeah. 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 It might be loaned out. But hasn't, there hasn't really been um, real transfer um, rumors this window. Yeah, that hasn't really heated up yet. The whole, no, I, yet, I, I mean, yet. maybe there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes, but that might have just been overlooked or sort of clouded by the coaching changes, right? So, 
maybe in uh, the coming days or or the next week or so, maybe the the transfers will start heating up. I expect them to do in in Turkey. I, I would expect nothing less. But that's a good point. I with all the coaching changes, I I really didn't even notice the transfers have been kind of quiet. Yeah, yeah. I live for I live for the transfer window. So I wanna. I'm I'm really keen to see that. It's usually hell. Right. I mean, last minute hell. <laughs> I mean, it's always the last right. ones. So, right. what what did we think of the? Now, I was just gonna, I guess, uh, start a bit about the match reactions. So, uh, I yeah, think it's probably think... easier to speak half by half. So, uh, in the first half, the things I noticed was that in the first ten to fifteen minutes, uh, Hatay did actually come quite close to a goal, about two times. Uh, one was with uh, Juf, I believe, from a header. And the other one was uh, with, well, I don't even want to say his name, but Kamara. Uh, he also yeah. missed the goal from, well, about, what, 10 yards or something? He should have um, been gone first half already, Kamara. Yeah, yeah he was a very dirty player, to, together with that uh, Ribeiro. Very um, Yeah. After that, though, I do have to say, for about, like, t- uh, 15 to 20 minutes, we did have, like, a good stretch of play. We were pressing them in their own half. Um, nice combination play. I mean, unfortunately, uh, it didn't lead exactly quickly to... Actually, it did lead to our goal, Emre Kulinj, but I did like that part. And then afterwards, well, we conceded uh, a pen, unfortunately, which I do have to say was a pen. And then yeah. we ended it with the Kerem free, free kick, which I think everyone, all of us saw the... Uh, video of where he was training on his free kick and yeah, he scored the exact same way yeah. yeah exactly i got goosebumps when he went to take that free kick man i'm like it, it has to happen it just fits the scenario he needs to score this yeah, yeah. i was watching it before bed it, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing like i was watching the video before bed and i was thinking um if he's doing this in training i'm like man he really needs to be doing this in the game because we ha- we haven't actually I, I read a statistic as well that this today was the first time that we scored a free kick in an away match since 2017 um wesley since west snyder yeah wesley snyder scored it, it was 20 like that's crazy 2017 that's really been, crazy years that's that's I don't know. That's a crazy statistic, but five it, years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that I was. It just felt weird. Like I was watching it before bed, and now uh, he does it in the match. That's that's brilliant, man. I'm, well, Torrent's here for his set pieces, right? He's known for him, and yeah. kind of did prove he's the master of set pieces. So even in our corners, I feel like we're more uh, threatening to say the least. <laughs> when was Whereas, the last yes. time we scored it from a corner? I don't know, but it's uh, been a long don't time. Start. <laughs> But like yeah, like I mean, besides that, games. Uh, besides that, what what did you guys think uh, of our play in the first half? Because I think the second half was, well, well, we saw what happened there. But I have a very, the first half? very simple explanation. I I didn't expect anything from Torrent to change a lot this game. I think it continued from what Terim had already done. Um, we got in positions, and again we got. Uh, countered a lot uh, so in general I didn't see a lot change there but very obvious changes I did see is it's nice he brought Emre Kulunch back in and he actually did pre- perform fairly well today in, in his actual position as well keep in mind he he hasn't he, he is naturally a winger but we haven't really seen him in that position very much for us right exactly. uh, so I was I was happy to see that I thought he played pretty well there too for the most part yeah 
and then we've, we've were... seen it actually once. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, right. no, real quick. We've seen we've seen Emir clinch there once though. It was against Trabzonspor where he scored right, those right. two goals. But mm-hmm. yeah, then he got subbed off unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. go ahead, Sonny. Yeah, don't need to apologize when you cut me off. Just continue. It's fine. Um, so another thing that I clearly saw, I think John mentioned it during the game as well. Uh, Chikul Dao was way more upfront than normal, like almost like a ten. And you saw Berkan behind him, helping him in the pressing as well. I think that was nice to see. That was very clear changes he had done. Other than that, um, I liked, I mean, probably has done before, but I liked how our backs moved. Uh, like when um, Sasha Boy went all the way up, you saw that Alpaslan was really covering well the, the, the right back. And then you saw, obviously, Markau and uh, Patrick Van Aanholt then going into center. You could see it's more compact in the middle. That, that's definitely what you could feel and see. Uh, but again, uh, we got countered. And uh, yeah, not so happy about uh, today's game. Let's uh, just put it that way. Our back. attacking positioning has definitely improved, whereas I think as a result of that, our defense has definitely gotten worse. If you if you look prior to our uh, recent games, this is the first time we've actually conceded more than three goals in the Super League. Yeah, usually no, it was individual really? mistakes mm. that we got conceding goals. Now it was actually from place that we conceded goals. That's, that's not having true. Nelson hurt too. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not not gonna lie, our, our defense, except for Marco, indeed. Uh, and even he wasn't that spectacular tonight. Um, yeah, our defense in general was just pretty bad. Uh, I don't even want to start about the keeper, but, you know, <laughs> Alpaslan, bro, the entire match, since he had that yellow in, like, what, the first 20 minutes or so, 15, he was just still, like, tackling and Not such. Bad. And I was like, oh, boy, uh, don't get a second yellow, man. I We can't use this. Back on, awful. Thailand, well... A stupid red card, but yeah, besides that, also not that good. I think as well, uh, for the first half, one thing I noticed is there was, um, I think it was more towards the beginning or maybe the middle of the first half, but there was some moments where our patience and passing in the final third was really good. Really mm-hmm. good. Like, um, there was one moment in particular, I remember on the left-hand side between, I think it was um, Van Anholt and Chikal Dao. Um and it was it was it was really good. Like they they weren't forcing the ball or anything. We were totally set up in their half, and we had the patience and we were keeping possession. And it did lead to a a half chance there to score, which I love to see. In the second half, I thought it was something. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit, but I I think that totally changed. And I have some some things to comment about that. But um, in terms of the first half, I I like to see those moments. Um, and uh, the goal that we scored was. Beautiful. It was a beautiful nice. goal. Yeah, it was an excellent that, goal. Um, sorry, go go ahead, Emre. I was going to say, what you were talking about on that left side, that persistence of staying there and not right. you know, passing all the way back to the goalie is something that I love to see. Right. Because before then, we would just go pass back, pass side to side, and just repeat and rinse that over and over again. So it's nice yeah. to see that. Horseshoe our way in, basically. And, I, and the goal as well... Um, it was, it was like I said, it was beautiful. Berkan put a beautiful ball through. Van Anholt ran onto it, and it was actually 
a really, really good quality cross. And uh, Emre came second post and, and tapped it in. And it, it was beautiful. Like, And I think before Berkan put that pass through, there was a, a small buildup. Maybe it was uh, Berkan and Thailand. Um, short passes and Berkan put the long ball through and he ran onto it. So that that was beautiful. Um, unfortunately, shortly after that, um, he had the missed penalty, which was kind of frustrating, obviously, considering we lost 4-2. I mean, we had the chance to go 2-0 up there and, and we couldn't take that chance. I think uh, I heard um, it was because um, they wanted to honor Ahmed Chaluk uh, and Patrick Van Arnold had the number six like Ahmed Chaluk had. And that's why he oh. took the pen. They say, mm. "Know how much of it is true?" Mm, that seems like a, I don't know, man. Could be true, <laughs> but seems like, like a stretch. <laughs> that's a something you do maybe. when you're like three nil up. You know, you don't really do that yeah. when you're one nil up. That was an important yeah. moment for us, and yeah. maybe the, I don't know if, if the, I don't know if that's true, but personally, I probably would have had uh, Chikal Dal uh, take that penalty. Yeah, um, he he's actually I, I believe he's the only. One of our players that has scored a penalty this season. We had Jagne miss one. Uh, Mustafa Mohammed missed one. Um, now Patrick Van Anholt missed one. So, and I kind of, I kind of felt for him as well. He was visibly upset after he missed it. It wasn't really a great penalty either, to be honest. So, I, I don't know. It's a missed, missed opportunity for us. We, we could have put ourselves in a good position there, but uh, didn't go that way. We suck at penalties, don't we? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we get better. But I think after the penalty, like you were talking about, our passing in the final third, which was which was pretty pretty good to see, really. Um, a lot of one touch passes as well, and not too many blunders. And I feel like that all kind of started to fall apart after, unfortunately, Patrick Van Aanholt missed the penalty. I think that's just something I noticed. Um, what do you guys think? Do you did you guys notice the same as me? Or yeah, I think that was a bit of a turning point, bit of a changing yeah. point. And, and 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 you know, like those moments are are always uh, those those can always be make or break moments, right? Even if it's early in the match, if you score the penalty, you go two nil ahead, and the whole team has that that boost, right? If you miss one and it remains one nothing, and then they tie it one one, you you kind of keep that in the back of your head for the rest of the match, right? And you tell yourself, mm-hmm. man, this this could have been avoided. So m- maybe that that played a role in in our mindset and and our confidence in the rest of the match. But I think that I agree with you definitely. I think that was a bit of a a turning point. Yeah. To add to that, I mean, I do agree with Mazar in this case that indeed after the penalty, like um, up to the penalty basically, and to the first goal, we were indeed pretty aggressive and while playing on the opposition's half and such. But after that moment, it just completely 360. Like, it completely turned around. We couldn't get out of our own half at all. Uh, We were just passing between our, well, basically defenders and uh, defensive midfielders all the time. And then, well, uh, Kerem came with the free kick, obviously, to uh, get us our second beautiful goal. I love his celebration, Um, bro. Yeah, the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, <laughs> I had actually no idea it was Harry Potter until uh, someone told me that he was uh, doing nice. that. I was, I was just trying to figure out what he's doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weird ass hand movements. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but, someone said, yeah, that Miss Poundy definitely. Uh, someone said that's moment. a very long spell to kill Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. I guess in conclusion, first half, we had good moments, um, but it wasn't perfect, obviously. Uh, it was kind of 50-50. But the second half, though, what do you guys think of that? 
I think uh, kind of a disaster, but yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, it, it was honestly like I, I, I think the opening twenty or so minutes was pretty much the opposite of the compliment I made a few minutes ago. Like there wasn't really any patience at all. We were kind of struggling to get out of our defensive third, and once we did, we just seemed to be always forcing the ball, which which wasn't working right, and that was really frustrating to see. And we were having obviously a hard time building up um, and settling into our opponent's half, so that was kind of frustrating you know that good passing and patience that I mentioned before kind of we seem to have lost that in the second half um mm-hmm. and you know in the first half it, it seemed like we were we started what in what seemed like a 4-2-3-1 and that drastically changed so there's a substitution um Halil came out Aitach came in and um Chikal Dao started playing even higher um and Can when I- right 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 exactly and when those changes were made, Aitach kind of slipped in between Marcao and Alpaslan, and um, our fullbacks were a lot higher. And it, it seemed like we were, pay- we were playing a 3-4-1-2. And Emre and Kerem came in, um, and they were playing a lot more narrow, and we were getting our width from our fullbacks who were a lot higher, right? And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that decision. I think that we, were, we looked decent uh, attacking, but defensively, maybe it, it caused uh, some issues and Many we conceded holes. two more goals, right? So Some issues? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, um, just just like you said, we we started to have like a pretty high line, but indeed like the goals they scored, uh, I, I mean, both scored uh, both goals from uh, Lopianice. They, they were just a long ball over the top or one, uh, one was actually uh, just a through ball, but we were so exposed in the back and it was just a, Easy finish for them. Just yeah. a quick counter attack. I mean, we saw this under Terem, yeah, with the last few games as well. But pretty disappointing to see the way we conceded that quickly. Actually, I wanted to say that. like for Sasha Boe, I love Sasha Boe since he came on, like the way he played, lots of confidence. And this was today was actually the first time where I was like, defensively, I wasn't very uh, happy with him, but it all. It has to do with our game as well, of course. But what I still like is he's always there at the post when the opportunity comes. Like he's there, ready to kick the ball. Very attack minded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to I be think fair, it's not a good. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, okay. Um, look, it's it's not really a good game to judge him off. Like it was a, it was a pretty bad game. Let's be real. Like we didn't play um, amazing, to say the least. And also coming off a lo- long injury. Yeah. I'm really. Uh-huh. Like he's he's not he's not really in form. He's really out of form right now. I think he will get much better. I think offensively, I think he was pretty much fine. I think we just as a collectively as a team, um, we weren't that successful. But he he will he will definitely come around. I still I'm a, I'm also a Sasha Bowie uh, believer. So yeah, let's see how that turns say. out. Let's also not forget the injury, partners. Yeah. Let's also not forget the partners he had close to him. It were Berkan and Alpaslan. I mean, exactly. Just a dangerous trio on that side. Just uh, they all three just had like pretty bad performances. Um, also, didn't help. They all were on yellow cards, so they couldn't really, well, tackle hard, I guess. Because uh, well, you know what, uh, you know what would have happened with the ref today. Um, yeah, Oof, giving out uh, yellow cards for free, basically. Okay. I was I was surprised how long we held it off without even touching on the refs. Like I was gonna <laughs> congratulate Emre for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try very hard to keep it in, so I don't, you know, 
Let's we're talking about football here. I don't want to make this a podcast about TFFA and you know talk all about them. Well, one thing I want to sure, give you guys the opportunity. Yeah, one yeah. thing's for sure. Sally started it, and uh, no, there's definitely a big impact uh, this season by the refs to Galatasaray and the position where absolutely. In. I think no one can deny that, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it is the sad truth. You have to play the game and beat the refs. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, in this match as well, for me, I, I think it was the third, I think it was the third goal that Hatay scored. I, I think there should have been a foul on, on oh, Sasha Boy on, on the right side. Like, I, I was kind of surprised to see that. I, I think that was a foul and they ended up scoring from that play. So I wasn't really happy with that. But, um, you know, we, we, we know the story by now. We're 20 or so games into the season. We, we, we know how it goes by now. So... Um, I, I don't really know what to think about that. Obviously, I'm not happy with it, but um, you know, I, I try my best not to focus so much on that and more on what our team is doing and how to improve because I think that we're always going to have those moments. And whether whether there is some type of agenda or, or, or something against our club, I think um, you know we we have to be better regardless, right? We can always be better. We have to be better. And um, yeah, it's you know it sucks to see, but it is what it is. The thing is, you can be as good as you want, but there, if there's an outside influence on the play, it you becomes know, difficult for sure. Because there are going to be games where you're not going to be able to open up the opponent, and if there's a penalty that needs to be given, needs to be given, you can't beat the rep every single game. It's yeah. just not possible. And that's yeah. one thing I'm hoping that Turan can deal with. And unfortunately for him, if he does not get the results because of some outside factors, like you know the reps... It's going to look bad on him, and he's going to get the brunt and force of that. And I don't want to see that. I think Torrent um, doesn't, well, will not care much about the refs. He'll, he probably came in like, okay, just play your game. And you saw that from the post-match uh, interview with uh, Patrick Van Arnold. He said, I don't want to talk about uh, the referees. Uh, I missed the penalty, and I'm sad about it. It could have been different. So I think they'll focus mostly on their game, which is good, obviously, to play better. Uh, but on the other hand, when Fatih Terim was there, he was basically incentivizing their players to speak up about the refs and stuff, which you saw, obviously, that in some of our games, we weren't even playing football. We were just busy with the ref, which is also why we lost. Like That's also something to be said for. There were games yeah. where we played well and still lost yeah, because yeah. of dumb decisions. Whereas we get, we concede a penalty, whereas some other teams, they do the same thing, but they don't. There's no consistency in the league. Yeah. And that's my biggest issue with the Turkish Federation and the, the, the MHK. There's no consistency. That's, uh... So one last final point. Let me make this point clear. <laughs> when, when, when reps give us the brunt end of the stick, you know, they get rewarded, but if there's a rep that does not, and they, you know, they uh, give us favors in our call, you don't see them play. For example, after there is a game, right? Ali Palabiyuk hasn't been given a game to ref till now. So, someone please explain to me why is that a thing? Do you have your uh, aluminium hat on, or is that for real? <laughs> it is for real. <laughs> Look, I just want to say one thing though. Um... I know the refs. The refs suck. We we know this. They're very inconsistent, and it's clear that there is an agenda against Gals today. But you'd rather 
play good and then lose the game because of the refs compared to what we were doing. Unfortunately, on the fight stadium, like Summit mentioned, we were playing terrible. We were barely playing football. And we were also getting, um, well, thinned by the refs. So let's just hope that we can start playing good. And the refs aren't going to change, look. I guess we just have to try and beat them. We can't just give up. Small correction. As much I, as it sucks. I, I didn't think we were playing bad. Uh, I think, we, like John said, we couldn't finish and there was things to improve. But we were getting into the zones, the opportunities of scoring. We just couldn't tap them. Yeah, out. definitely. So I think that was the main yeah, issue. I guess. But um, yeah, having talked about the ref, uh, I think uh, Maz, uh, you just woke up. You probably need to go to work, so let, let's not keep <laughs> That's going okay. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just I'll just sum it up what we discussed a bit uh, in general. Thank you, boys, for making the time discuss a bit. We'll continue doing this. Uh, we have Thursday a uh, game against Kasim Pasha, and then three days after Trabzon. So it's going to be interesting. So we might do uh, another one on Sunday next week. Discuss the two yeah. games. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It'll be interesting. Talan mm-hmm. Berkan are suspended for Kasim Pasha. Oof. So, wonder who are six be will be in that game. Yeah. yeah. Will it be Atalay? <laughs> well, I'm actually. I'm afraid. Even I mean, we're getting close to that relegation zone, boys. Six six points now is it? I haven't really checked, but I think we've yeah we're very close. Yeah. Well, we're also not very far from the top four, but that's our league, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, um, unfortunately, I'll just close it off. I'll say thank you for listening to our uh, listeners. Uh, shout out to our WhatsApp group. They'll probably listen to this as well. So, we uh, discussed today uh, about Terim leaving Galtzerai, general events uh, around that. Dominic Torrent Font coming in, what we think about it, and, uh, and the game that we had today. I got my sad voice on there. And, uh, Oh, maybe before we close it off. Nah, I'll just close it off. I, I think we have Because <laughs> uh, I had some dreams, very weird dreams, but maybe for next episode. <laughs> it's a good cliffhanger. Segment. All right, say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye, everyone. See you, boys. Listening. Cheers. <laughs>